the world turns. Brought to you by Instant Niagara and New Niagara Spray Starch, famous products of best food. Brand storytelling has come a long way over the years. The earliest forms can be found in the pages of John Deere's magazine, The Furrow, where they sought to not only push their products but educate farmers on new technologies being made available. Since then, more and more brands have taken up storytelling as a form of engagement. It was personal household care manufacturer P&G who coined the term soap opera when they started sponsoring early television and radio shows with their products such as does an Oxidol. Fast forward to 1982 and toy manufacturer Hasbro joined forces with G.I. Joe Comics to launch a revolution in the toy marketing industry. Look at the Lego movie these days. Who would have thought that one day a brand would actually publish a feature-length film and place their brand name right in front of it? We'll return to As the World Turns in just a moment. These days, over 88% of brands are using content marketing to tell their stories, and it's a question of who isn't, then who is. And journalism is also benefiting from the rise and rise of the industry, with brands and organisations turning to trained specialists to capture content that other marketers could only dream of. These journalists are natural-born storytellers who bring brands to life with interviews, thought leadership, exploration and a mind to expand outside a brief. So how does your brand tell a story worth telling? Well, let your imagination run wild because over the next 20 minutes we're going to unearth those gems and lock in a plan to bring them to life. Are you ready? Let's roll. My name's Rakhal Eberly. I'm the founder and CEO at content marketing and brand publishing agency Newsmodo. You can follow me on Twitter and please also subscribe to the show on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can leave us a rating and review. Now, on the podcast today, we have a very special guest to take us through the art of storytelling. He's the founder and CEO of Anecdote, a company that actually helps brands tell their story and develop a strategy for telling stories that audiences will love. And his critical Critically acclaimed book, Putting Stories to Work, offers an insightful scope into the business of storytelling too. His name is Sean Callahan, and he joins me now. Sean, welcome to Brand Storytelling. How are you going today? Yeah, really well. It's great to, great to be here. And it's great to have another Melbourneite on the show. It's uh, not always the case where we're speaking to brand storytellers all around the world, and there you are right down the road. Just, so just great to have you on board. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into the art of storytelling, Sean? Well, for me, I was doing work at IBM around uh, how do you deal with really complex, messy issues and how do you make, you know, sort of progress when there's no right answer. And we started investigating this idea of using corporate anthropology techniques. So we would go into organisations, we would collect lots and lots of stories, and then on the basis of that, we would sort of try to help the customer work out what patterns of behaviour were going on, Mm. and then we would help them work out initiatives to reinforce the patterns they wanted to keep and disrupt the patterns they they, uh, didn't want to uh, hang around. So that was the starting point, but then when I jumped out to get Anecdote up and running, our customers immediately said, hey, you guys know about stories. Why don't you help us be better storytellers? So that's where it really started. 
Yeah, it's been a fascinating journey and one that I've followed closely. I remember your seminar with IBM was really, as you said, the catalyst for it all, and it's all come so far since then. But we still go back to, I guess, some pretty basic principles when it comes to storytelling, don't we? Yeah, look, I think for us it's, it was really useful for us to come from what I call small s storytelling. So we were in there looking at the little stories that people tell in organisations. And they're, and they're anemic little things. They're not highly blown sort of produced stories. Whereas a lot of people have come from almost like the Hollywood uh, view of stories. They're into the hero's journey and beautifully crafted stories. And these are fantastic. I mean, you've got to have them. But they are different. And mm. you get a, a different take. And I think they... When you put them together, you get quite a nice spectrum of approach of mm. how to potentially do brand storytelling. And you talked about the small s. I actually noticed on one of your social media channels you used a, a tile that said, do not use the S word. Now, what were you referring to there? Oh, it, it's, uh, for me, it's the 101 rookie error I see uh, people make in, in organisations. They start off by standing in front of the audience and they say, now let me just tell you a story. <laughs> and of course you see all the eyes roll you see everyone shift in their seats and thinking oh my god do we have time for this whereas if you rewind the tape and play it again and they just stood there and said hey you know what something really interesting happened a week ago i need to share with you mm. totally different response right so it's the framing of the story well just using the, the word story Right. <laughs> Just do not use the word story in a business context. I mean, it, it's like um, I see now people putting on their websites, our story or, you know, here are the mm. stories. I think it has the same effect. I mean, ma imagine if Malcolm Gladwell started off each of his paragraphs by saying, and now I'm going to tell you another story about, you know, uh, you know, the you know, the next thing that he was he was going to, to describe. He doesn't do that. He just jumps straight into the story. And the story should speak for itself. Now, we jump across to Anecdote, which, of course, is the company that you're running at the moment. And uh, the really interesting IP that I know Newsmoto has been looking at um, quite closely in recent times, you're selling this IP that helps brands right around the world essentially establish their own storytelling capabilities using the structure or platform that you've built. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about how this was formulated and where you're up to now with this exciting venture? Yeah, so, I mean, we have two programs that we, we run. One is we call Storytelling for Leaders and the other one is Storytelling for Sales. And the names are pretty self-explanatory. But really they started out as uh, some basic building blocks to help leaders, first of all, find good stories around them. Uh, in other sources, and then being comfortable to be able to tell that orally to their people to make a business point. And we, we just identified a series of different story patterns that, you know, were, were, were useful for business people to, to make progress, you know, patterns around, you know, stories to connect people and build rapport mm. or, you know, stories to help people answer, you know, why are we doing something? So that that was where it came from, and really now we've we have um, we license these programs to companies all around the world, and at the moment there's just over fifty companies that uh, license the tech, uh, the approach, and in twenty two countries, and we do it in six different languages. So it's it's fascinating just seeing mm. the you know the different cultures involved in storytelling. It's amazing. Yeah, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what the common thread is through all those cultures. Well, the common thread is they all tell stories. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, mm. It is so ingrained in our species makeup, but it's just uh, how we operate. 
But, you know, I would say that there, you know, we're at different um, spots in terms of just how comfortable a business person is to tell a story in a business setting. Mm. So, you know, when you're in Australia or US or the UK, uh, we're now getting quite comfortable to share stories in a business setting. Uh, you go up to Asia, uh, you may be, you know, in Japan or China, um, you'll find that it's it tends to stay outside the boardroom, but they're now just getting used to the fact that, you know, it, it can be just as easy to, to tell a story, you know, in the middle of a, a business meeting as anything else. Mm. Um, so it, it's interesting. It's all there. but And also the length of stories seem to change a little bit as well. I really, really loved your book, and one of the things that stood out for me in it was the anecdote, funnily enough, around Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, and the concept of never letting your guard down once you have the lead. Could you briefly touch on this for our listeners and the lessons that could be learnt from a, a storytelling perspective on this one? Yeah, I mean, this one I heard told to me um, at a sales conference in Florida. I was down there helping them with um, some storytelling training, and the sales director stood up and just sort of said, does anyone remember, you know, Michael Phelps' great swim at the uh, the Beijing Olympics, you know, the 4x100? And, you know, people put their hands up and said yes. And he said, yeah, the one by, you know, sort of two seconds and way ahead of everyone. And um, he said, but then, does anyone remember how he went in um, uh, in the London Olympics? And, of course, he didn't even make a place. He was nowhere near, mm. you know, the lead. And the sales director sort of said, well, this is us. You know, we're a sales, we're a software company that's been ahead of the pack for so long. If we let up, you know, we're going to be overtaken by the competition. And he did it sort of in a, in a way that you really understood what they were up against and how, you know, the competitors will come up with new techniques. One, one swimmer came up with a new, uh, what they call dolphin kick. You know, and um, and so this became the language of the day. So he was sort of saying, today our dolphin kick is storytelling. You know, we have to keep building our techniques and approaches. And so I, what I loved about the story is that it was an analogy for something bigger that was going on. And then it became the language in which they spoke to each other during the day. Uh, and it would have been something that's been told over and over again. Um, uh, it sort of entered into their vernacular, if you like. Uh, to me, that's the type of storytelling that is great for those big presentations um, when you're you know, kicking something off and you want to make that connection and, and make a key point. Absolutely. And I guess the other lesson there is, you know, <laughs> with Michael Phelps, don't do drugs, don't drink and drive. Um, probably didn't help his cause either, but we digress. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating, I guess. And we spoke to Dan Illich, who's a, a fantastic um comedian slash uh, investigator and humorist and what he was talking about is that you're actually not just competing against all of your I guess quote unquote competitors in your space when it comes to content and marketing and brand storytelling you're actually competing against every piece of content that's ever been published in the history of content <laughs> and you're you're vying for that attention that rare attention of the audiences that we all are trying to engage so it's so critical that you do continue to keep exploring how you can uh, diversify your brand storytelling and continue to unearth the gems, which we're about to jump into in the second half of the show. But before we do, Sean, I have a little section that I love to call the Mad Minute, which is a burst of 10 uh, quickfire questions that I'll throw at you with 60 seconds on the clock. And are you up for it? Because if you are, your time starts now, Sean, with question number one. Storytelling in 2016 is... Expanding enormously. 
Question two, your top tip for storytelling. Uh, make it visual. <laughs> this goes to the last point. Great sporting stories can be... Very dangerous. Question four, one thing that you would want to be uh, with or to do on a deserted island? Oh, put, put me together with uh, yeah, <laughs> th- three very good storytellers and, and, uh, and, and a, maybe a bottle of wine. Okay, well, I'm going to jump into a new question here, which is if you had that uh, very great opportunity to sit down with three great storytellers, who would they be? I think Walt Whitman would be right up there. That would be certainly one. Um, and, and, I, and I would like to go with uh, you know, a good, you know, say, Australian uh, storyteller, perhaps... Um, well, actually, I was thinking Margaret Wheatley. That's another one. She's not Australian, but she's, she's of a very particular nature of storytelling. And what about a platform that you're currently using a lot? A platform? Our, all of our stories are oral stories, so we use just you know, people talking. Question seven. Good old-fashioned people talking. Who would have thought? Question seven. How can you not be boring with storytelling? Uh, keep them short. And, and make sure they have a point. Question eight. Do you think brands will ever overtake traditional editorial publishers? Mm, good question. I don't know about that. That's probably a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Who would know? Question nine. Good advice that you've received over the years? Uh, only take good advice from people who've already done it. And question ten. Who's going to win the AFL Premiership in 2016? Unfortunately, my team's going to be way out of it, Essendon, but um, I don't know. My wife goes for Hawthorne. They've got a pretty good track record. There you go. That was the Mad Minute with Sean Callahan. Now let's get stuck into the serious stuff, which is, of course, how to identify those gems in your brand's story and then bring them to life for an audience to make them relevant and, of course, interesting and entertaining. You say on your website that you published a little insight about how you initially were against storytelling, and maybe this goes to your point around not using the S word. How have you come around to storytelling in general? What made you change your mind? Well, part of it was just uh, persistence on behalf of our customers. Um, The most important part was that we decided to take an approach which was all based on uh, true, you know, real life experiences and small stories. So as long as we didn't have to craft stories and make stories up, uh, we were happy to help people with their storytelling. The other thing too is, you know, we always said, you know, you have to do it for, you know, for good, not evil. I think that was the other thing that was sitting behind it. <laughs> and that's a great point too. So when brands out there listening to this podcast are starting to dig into their own history books, what tips and tricks could you advise to actually identify great stories in their, in their I guess, brand adventure? Well, I think part of it is actually getting out amongst, in the, you know, really in the organisation. I speak to a lot of marketing and communications groups and they're so busy with the busyness of what they do, they don't actually go and talk to the business. You know, I don't see them in the business spending time with how people work and what they do. You, you can't find good stories by sitting in your marketing and comms section hoping a good story will just go past you. So I think that would be the first thing I would uh, do. The other thing is is to be able to have that ability to spot stories. We, we say to a lot of people, um, you know, you have to develop this narrative intelligence where you can sort of say, yep, that's a story, that's not a story. And, right. and there's some basic things that give, you, give it away. As soon as you hear someone say, oh, yeah, just the other day or three days ago, or, you know, we just call these time markers. If you hear a time marker, chances are you're just about to hear a story. And, um, you know, of course, once upon a time is the classic time marker. But we, as we say, it doesn't work so well in business. But, but the thing about it is just tuning your ear you know, so that you can actually hear those stories. So let's say you've discovered a few stories. How do you know or forecast which ones are going to hit the mark? There's certainly a hierarchy of stories, right, in terms of a sense of what humans care about, 
right? Mm. And, and it, it's very biological. So at the very top of the hierarchy is anything to do with death, right? It's why we have so many CSI programs and detective stories, etc. Just underneath that is um, really safety of children. Again, you know, we want our species to continue. We want to have our children safe. Um, and, yeah, we know it. You know, as soon as you hear a story of, of kids being, you know, in an unsafe situation, it goes to the top of the news cycle. Mm. Um, the third one, and this is a bit hard to, to build into uh, business you know, content and brand management, I suppose, in some ways, uh, is sex, right? We're very attuned to that. But then the fourth one, which sits very close to that, is power. So anything to do with power. So, for example, that could be hierarchical power, money power, celebrity power, uh, beauty power. All these types of powers are actually great things that we care about and we want to actually know the stories behind it because usually people with power can affect our lives. That's why we want yep. to know about stories about those things. So I, I would start looking in those four spaces, and I tell you what, if you can double them, triple them up, then you've got something that's potentially, um, you know, <laughs> on a bit of a skyrocket for you. We talk about risk a fair bit on this show, and it's something that our clients are becoming a slightly less adverse to, but obviously, you know, it's still a big factor in all considerations when you're talking about marketing and, and brand storytelling. Yeah. How does one mitigate risk when you're looking at such controversial or challenging topics, particularly in, say, the corporate world? Well, I think part of it is, you know, you don't try out your story in the biggest uh, forum in the first go. You, you try out your stories in small forums to sort of see what the response is going to be like and get the, you know, what we call the anti-stories. So for every story that the brand tells, your mm. customers tell anti-stories, right? And it's a battle of stories. And uh, we say that it's, you know, you can't beat a story with fact. You can only beat a story with better stories, <laughs> right? So you've got to be aware of those anti-stories. So I would start off small, get those anti-stories, understand how it might play out, and then build from there. And you mentioned just test piloting, I guess, a story or two internally. Is that something that you recommend? Or what would you recommend when you're talking about now, let's uh, put our, I guess, content marketing and publishing hats on yeah. um, platforms for publishing content. Where would you start recommending um positioning and, and amplifying this content? So I would say, you know, because again, I'm interested in oral stories, I would actually get people to tell some oral stories, um, you know, to test these stories out in meetings, maybe in town hall sort of gatherings. And then once you want to scale it up, that's when you use podcasting, video, other ways to get that story out to a broader broader audience. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's an incremental approach to, to testing some of these things out. Yeah, and it, it's quite rare, I must say, that we, um, that we converse uh, around oral stories. Um, it's something that I know most of our clients aren't probably familiar or that comfortable in that space. So could you break it down for our listeners around how they could get going in this space? I mean, it's, it's certainly, I can attest to the fact it's not easy to operate and um, publish podcasts week on week. So what, what can our listeners do with little steps around, I guess, producing that kind of content as opposed to typical um, articles, infographics and videos? See, I think in, when we think about content, we always think about technology. Mm. Whereas I, when I think about content, I think about the human being the channel. So you've got, you know, an organisation, you have hundreds, thousands of leaders, that's your channel. 
And the, the question then is how do you help those people find and tell stories that reinforce the, the brand, reinforce the strategy, whatever, whatever message you're trying to make stick in some ways. Um, and so part of it is, is I see it happening sort of around three areas. You know, you have to build some skills for those people just to get, uh, have that ability to find and tell good stories. But then you also have to uh, give them stories to share that reinforce messages. Uh, mm. The hotel business are the best at, best at doing this, right? Um, so what they will typically do is, um, and it's usually around customer service, they will find a customer service story that, you know, just speaks to the core of what they're about. They'll push that out to all the team leaders. They get the team leaders to literally tell the story to their team and they have a conversation about it. That's it, right? It's, it's not rocket science. And mm. in that conversation, they ask questions like, um, so what do you think is significant about this story? And someone will say, you know, it's significant. I think it's significant because that person would never been able to do that unless they'd done the X, Y, Z training. And then mm. someone else would jump in and go, yeah, but yeah, the manager was supporting him, wasn't it? I mean, that's how that happened. And what they're doing is they're teaching themselves how to deliver great customer service. And there's no no inspirational posters in sight. <laughs> there's nothing better than brand advocates, uh, whether they be internally uh, within the organisation or, of course, your own customers. So I guess this art of storytelling in the old-fashioned sense, um, how, do, how do you provide, I guess, KPIs and feedback to your clients that what you're advocating is working? Yeah, look, it's, it's a hard one to um, just put a, a number on. It's a bit like asking people in organisations, you know, what's the KPI of leadership? You know, no, no one has a, a, a direct measure of that or in, in one simple sense. What you get is uh, the sort of the feedback that they, um, they immediately get. And this is the great thing about oral storytelling. It's not like you put something up and then you wait for the statistics to come in to say whether your, your story has had an impact. A CEO stands in front of a group of people, shares a story, and they're immediately impacted. Right, you get immediate mm. feedback. Right, <laughs> good or bad. Good or bad, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so in terms of the effect, it's a, it's enormous. So, I had I was helping one general manager, who, um, you know, we were talking about how to do this, and he decided to go to his chamber of commerce and try it out, <laughs> and he just he'd watched the Steve Jobs. Um, commencement address for Stanford, you know, where he stands up and just tells the three, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the three stories. So he decided that's what he was going to do. So he walks in, he tells these three stories. Well, he had a standing ovation, <laughs> right? And after that, he was like an absolute, um, you know... Uh, walking on air. That's right. He was walking on air. It all worked for him. So... It's it's a fascinating dichotomy, the, the the real life storytelling as opposed to the digital storytelling, and we could go on and on about it. Um, one thing that I guess I'm keen to get your in, input in is around amplification. You yeah. know, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. I guess if a room's not big enough and the audience isn't large enough, is it really worth all the effort? Can you perhaps um, share some insights around how you help your clients, particularly CEOs out there, yeah. amplify their stories? Yeah, well, I mean, really the, the, um, the only way you can amplify these stories is to have lots of people telling them. Right, and so to be systematic and purposeful, uh, purposeful about it, you have to have sort of an ongoing process where you're taking st a story, pushing it out to different parts of your business, and getting people to tell those stories, um, as as part of just the normal operation of way things are done around here. Um, now, that's sort of that's sort of like Plan A. Plan B is 
um, to to make sure you're telling stories which you know these go th- go hand in hand, but taking stories which are going to be naturally retold, right? Now, people love telling stories about what the CEO is is saying and doing, so you know mm-hmm. that's a, a clear sort of uh, I guess you know influenced by that power element that I was talking about before. But, you know, it's finding stories that people really care about in the business. You know, stories about their employees making a difference. Stories where people are really proud of the work that they've done. Stories that show how their purpose has been, um, you know, amplified through the work that they do back out to the people they're trying to serve. Um, So you've got to find those, those hallmarks, I guess, of the sort of stories that you want, that people really care about. It's been a fascinating discussion with you, Sean, and one I'm sure our listeners would love to continue online. Where can they find you and what's next for you in terms of your own work? Well, at the moment, uh, well, where we can find us, just go to anecdote.com. So uh, you'll be able to find, find us all there. In terms of what's next for us, I mean, we we're, we're continue to expand our um, partner network around the world. And, and I guess the, the next thing for us will probably be more in that content area of providing really interesting uh, content to help people be better storytellers. So we're going to be le- we're going to be coming to your site and learn a little bit from you guys. <laughs> exactly, that's where Newsmoto comes in. Well, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Brand Storytelling. We look forward to speaking with you again in the near future. Thanks for joining me. 